With only months to go before the national elections, some political figures are making big moves. We speak to Neil de Beer, who spent 32 years in the African National Congress, but left in disgust to form the United Independent Movement, a party that has joined the multi-party charter to oust the ruling ANC. Welcome, Neil. Very good morning from a sunny Cape Town. Blessings, Happy New Year, Chris. Always thank you for having me on. You're welcome, Neil. Well, in a significant development, the new parties of former President Jacob Zuma and former Free State Premier and ANC SG Ace Mahashule have joined forces. <laughs> so we are looking at the united front of MK and ACT, the African Congress for Transformation. The, P- the Pan-African Congress may even join them. What are you making of this, Neil? Chris, I've not been long an active politician, but I've been in politics, I think, all my life. Nothing surprises me anymore. I'm just sometimes sad and, and disgusted, but surprised not in any way in politics in this country. So I think, I think people that are saying they're quite surprised uh, that Jacob Zuma has now started and followed in a party called which, by the way, I am a member of, I'm a veteran of MK. But it is absolutely a breaking away, again, of another segment within this depleted and failing liberation movement of the 112 years. Um, And I must tell you, this is not at all a surprise to me. This has to come, this had to move. It was just where would Jay-Z and his supporters place themselves. And there was no way that it would be the ANC. It had to be a breakaway faction. And I'm telling you, they are causing tantamount damage to the ANC. And and I will assure you, will take a big segment of the voters. What effect do you think their united front will have on the election fortunes of the economic freedom fighters? I, I, I think the EFF is like a goat that cannot decide if it's a sheep or a dog. You know, it flounders between two. It barks a hell of a lot. But at the end of the day, when it comes to feeding, they're always at the end of the troughs. Julius has proven, will prove again, that his bark is absolutely less than his bite. And that's, that's proof in the pudding, Chris. They have absolutely run no structural organization within government. They have always been this nyanya party nipping at the back. And I'll tell you why. They are vehement socialists. They, they ride the national agenda. And I think the news globally that nationalization, that, that when you take strategic uh, um, companies and corporates and want to make them run by government, that it is a failure globally, I don't think that message or that memo has hit Julius and his people yet. So you don't think that this formation of the united front on the left side of ANC will impact the EFF? I think think if you really call it quits, the EFF to become something significant within the politics of this country, the governance of this country, they need a bigger brother. They are not the bigger brother. They will never, in my lifetime currently, which which I hope I'm spared to see, 
will ever become the government of this country unless they go find themselves a home. So the only way that the EFF and the Julius cult, because they are a cult, can survive is if they take their 10, 12 or 15% possibly and they hitch themselves to a bigger brother. So their choices are very clear. They either go with the ANC because undoubtedly, no matter the hogwash that the ANC's propaganda machine is trying to sell, including a streetwise too, they are currently sitting and they are saying if they go below 51, 50 plus 1, they need someone. And the obvious people will probably be the people that you are recognizing on the leftist side, which is this RET faction, that is why they cohorting together. And there might be something interesting. So the EFF, no matter how we look at them, there's one thing I must tell you. They are great in their propaganda. They are great in mustering some significant support, but they can't go it alone, so they will be looking for a home. And they can't go with AAT. So watch this space. Well, in another interesting development, Zuma's ex-wife, uh, Mrs. Lamini Zuma, has resigned from Parliament as an as an MP. She once had great presidential ambitions. What do you make of her resignation, Neil? Is she just retiring, or could there be more to it? I even noticed that she resigned. I mean, she's been resigned, I think, for a very long time. So I think after 2017, after the tremendous loss against Cyril Ramaphosa, the CRNDZ campaign, I think it was over. She's just been hanging on to increase the pension. Good luck to her, Mama. Ulala nom She deserves a bit of a break. I mean, she was married to that man for a long time. So she deserves a bit of a break. Neil, let us go back to the multi-party charter. What are the prospects for the alliance going into the elections this year? I'm very excited. I, 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 I am absolutely excited. And people say to me, but Neil, you are aligned to the DA. More than half the people that vote for the UIM probably left the DA to come to you. Now you are in a, a charter with it, with a Freedom Front Plus, with an IFP, with Action SA. Neil, you are not part of that ideology because I bring a fresh approach. I bring a straight down the line approach. I bring a pro-South African uh, um, ideology. I bring one that fears our God in the sense of respect. I'm trying to bring back justice. Wow, you are attached to people that are woke, that are liberal. I said, no. I remind the people of this country, like I always remind my fellow colleagues in the multi-party chart, we might not like each other. We might not agree on everything. We might not always get clear consensus. But I will remind the people that put politics aside, put it aside, we are talking numbers, Chris. This is a numbers matter, if you can count. This has got nothing to do now with standing back and pointing fingers and, as Mandela used to say, don't look at what divides us. Look at what unites us. Because we all have problems with each other. We all have opinions. But what do we, all of us, in the multi-party charter, what do we agree on? What we agree on is the removal of the African National Congress and the fact that they are currently the government. We must remove them. Now, if that is not 
one singular point that unites a grouping of parties who do share certain DNA equally with each other that unites us. And I always sketch that picture, Chris, a picture because I'm a, I'm a lover of history. I will never forget the picture of Stalin, Roosevelt, Churchill and de Gaulle that sat at a certain point in history, Chris, a communist, a capitalist, a socialist, and a conservative, who sat and said that the removal of Hitler, who has become a threat to, to that days of the world, must be removed. Can you imagine what it took for those four leaders to sit down and concur? Well, here we are again. We are sitting with different parties, with different values, different ideologies, but we have decided to set that aside so that we can obtain 50 plus 1. And every day that another group splinters from the ANC, another group edges within the already so fragmented African National Congress, that 50 plus 1 becomes much more realistic to obtain. And I think not only with the will of God and the absolute unity of the South African people, 50 plus 1 can be obtained. At last count, um, you have 10 parties now in the multi-party charter. Uh, what emerged from your big meeting? You know what merged? In a country Afrikaans gauw sê, Chris. In hierdie land, as iemand dit recht kry om te vereenig, is dit een ongelooflike godswil. In other words, South Africans are not known always to unite. You know, we are fragmented, multicultural society. We are divided on many ways. But a non-political entity with not one single politician in that entity united this country more than any parliament or any politician. The Springbok rugby team last year. And when that victory came, when that country again saw pictures where race was put aside, religion was kept high but not made a debate, where the victory of a few countrymen united the country for a sporadic moment. That showed me, Chris, that showed me that this country can. So I'm saying that spirit, that, 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 attitude of Ubuntu, that massive masakani, in other words, nation-building, exists in this country. So this week, when the multi-party charter leadership dusted off, I hope, some pull-off back, some ashes of the prize, some breath that we took, and we got together this week, we looked at each other, and we said, hello, welcome back, and here's the thing, everyone said, good to see. People laugh when I speak this way. But, but imagine, political parties that normally are at each other's throats have got it right to, for nearly a year now, sit around the table every single month and concur that what matters is the change of the trajectory of this country's economy, 
this country's possibility to become unified, and Chris, more important, to fix this country and create jobs and to bring back justice. Jobs and justice are the two most important matters that matters to Sipo, Young, Friedrich, and Annemarie. These are the things that we as the multi-party charter have decided that we need to bring back into this I know you're very vocal about the lack of qualifications of our Minister of Police. Neil, you are very familiar with, with all the figures in politics going back many decades. Why has President Cyril Ramaphosa not heeded calls to get rid of the Minister of Police? Chris, you know, I come from an intelligence background. I'm not talking about IQ. I'm talking about intelligence. Politics is a dark, dark shade of movement beyond public. What is important is to understand that probably one of the most prolific figures, and I studied this person because I found him very interesting, was a gentleman in America called J. Edgar Hoop. Now, you will know, Chris, because you are also a person that studied history and understands possibly more than many of the docs. There's a docs. J. Edgar Hoover, the then head of the FBI, made it his absolute daily task to ensure that he knows the business of everyone in power. He built up such a history of profiles and dockets that J. Edgar Hoover became untouchable, even to a president. And we remember the bultiest discussions between J. Edgar Hoover and the then John F. Kennedy, where many times John F. Kennedy tried to remove, specifically his brother Bobby Kennedy, who was then the Attorney General of the United States, refused to allow J. Edgar Hoover to continue because he knew that J. Edgar Hoover carried critical dark information about the president. And what then happened in history is that they then called a stalemate where one agreed not to touch the other and the other made sure he is untouchable. I don't know, Chris. Sound familiar? So in my opinion, when dog eats dog, the one that wins is the one that chases the tail quicker than the other. There's no doubt. There's no doubt that this current government, this current entity, is under severe destruction, that there's a criminality, failed state aptitude, and the Zondo Commission, the Zondo who is now for, forgotten, this three-year, 1.5 billion commission, declared it, state capture in this country, factually, under judgment, took place under the admittance of Cyril Ramaphosa. He was there. He got the 900 volumes of absolute drastic facts being put on the table of an entity that is so dark, so lost, that it cannot be denied. Now, Chris, question, where are the arrests? Where are the arrests? So you can Imagine, minister after minister, who are failing, and I said it, Chris, I think you saw that clip that got 
five million views in a week, where I only asked a question. Becky Taylor, you fail. This is not a problem. People fail. But you've got to acknowledge you have. You've got to understand that we need revival in the fight against crime. Get out. But he won't. And he won't because there are very, very clear reasons why. Neil, now rumours are swirling that an election date was decided on last year already and that we may be going to the polls on the 22nd of May. Have you heard anything? Yeah, 22 May was, was muted. I cannot verify or deny, but what I can tell you is that the Constitution, the law of this country says that this election must take place between the 1st of May and the last day of August. It is my humble opinion that the African National Congress that could not even keep to their promise to stop load shedding. I mean, for once bottles, champagne, those that were able to have bubbly, the choppy was not cloudy back. We, wouldn't, we didn't even wipe the last lamb chop off our mouth on a New Year bride to certainly be left out. They put the lights off. They couldn't stop it, Chris. So here's a factual opinion from Neil De Beer, who maybe does not have the elaborate wisdom of other people, but that knows what's going on in the ground and sometimes underground, is that the African National Congress will call this election sooner than later. Because, Chris, they cannot keep this bunch of nuts together. And they will have to call it sooner than later to ensure that they actually go to the elections with something still intact, which is few. So that call um, to postpone the elections will go nowhere? No, it's not going to happen because if they do that, I think and fear civil society will not allow it. So it's not the parties that won't allow it. It's not the political parties that won't allow it because we the people currently in opposition for the past 30 years seems to be ineffective and numb to stop anything from the AAC. So they will not be able to stop it, but I'll tell you something. And Afrikaans, Chris, sorry if I use it. My answer is no bloody hard for. I think we are past hard We are past that mark of taking this abuse because that's what this country has suffered. Clear, systematic abuse. So I, I, I doubt if they will try and, and, and postpone these elections. But, but what I do know, and I've said this many times, one like many men so well, mate. I don't know if you know it, the secret of the ANC's victory has actually got nothing, Chris, to do with politics. I'm amazed that people don't know this. I don't know if you know it. Here's the secret unveiled on Business. The ANC, during election time and election day, they do not do politics, Chris. They don't do politics during that time. They do logistics. Shall I say that again? When the African National Congress goes to election day, they put politics aside and they focus on only 
one thing. Logistics. The total focus of the ANC on an election date is to move, move more than 5 million people to the election center and back. So how would the multi-party charter counter that You're in addition? You know the Western aptitude of rallies and rah-rah and standing on election day and making speeches. It does not work in South Africa. It's never worked and it won't work until we educate the people of this country to a certain level because that's also what the ANC failed. And I don't know if it was deliberate. They failed to educate this nation because an educated nation does not make a, a election decision emotion. They make it with their mind. They make it with choice because they are educated. This country's masses are not educated. They kept them that way. So now we're going to go back to the t-shirt, the cap, the streetwise too like yesterday and we are going to put them on trucks and trains and vehicles and taxis and we are going to move them to the ballot box and move them back. Now, this is a simple method of calculation. Whomever has the money, whomever has that capacity, will take that money, sometimes more than 1.5 billion rand. That's what it costs. They take that cash, that 1.5, 1.6 billion rand, and they distribute it to the provinces. They then get their people ready, they put them in t-shirts, they funnel them into buses, and they move them, Chris, in one day. And that's how the ANC got that stadium this weekend filled with 45,000 people. More than two to 300 buses came from across the country. That's how they do it. So when I speak and I talk to the multi-party charter, I talk to our people, I talk to my party, it's about numbers. This is not about politics. The masses that are coming in to vote have no idea at times what is even on the manifesto of the ANC. They don't care. What they care about is that day that they get food, that they get transport, and then they go make their cross. This is it. This is the truth, Kurt. We must, we must not bluff ourselves that we are running a Eurocentric, modern, Western society elections here. That doesn't work in this country. So the multi-party charter and any other party that wants to equal that movement and logistical plan of the ANC for the past five elections, they have to get up, they have to ask for the money, they have to ask for the funding, they have to put it in place and equal that logistical move. But this is logic. Now that I've told you, I think now a lot of people are going to go, ah, it's logistics. And that's it. And you're confident that you can win that logistical war on election day? We're going to give it a bloody go. You know, you know, I always laugh. I always say one of the most prolific people that I studied in history was, um, was Napoleon. And Napoleon Bonaparte was a the absolute strategist, but I will never forget he stood at the Battle of Waterloo 
all dressed up and ready to fight. And the, and the opponent shot a cannonball past his head and it hit his logistical tent. And the apparent story is he didn't even look at the tent. He said to his commander, how rude. I've not even started to fight. So from our point of view, we are not going to become rude. We are going to calm down and we are going to look at what we need to do to ensure that number one, there will be a massive spotlight risk on this election and we as the United Independent Movement, and I can tell you, all members that partake in that charter, we are going to ensure, no matter what, that there is going to be physical eyes and monitoring at every single voting station. That's the first most priority that we need to do, is that there is a counter to the possible beat you by hook or cook. So we will put that effort down to ensure there's international people that will come in to support that the IEC, you know, a guy told me, if a mongoose falls in a pit of copious, the only prayer you have is that the mongoose remains a mongoose. So we need to look at the IEC and tell them, you better be honest. Let's keep you honest. Let's help you to be honest that this is a free and fair election. So we have to focus on vote rigging, the possibility of it, and shenanigans. And that is the first move to ensure that no matter what we do, we don't get to those two words, Chris, free and fair. And I can tell you, the economy of this country, the economics of this country will not last successfully another five years with this government in place. The sure business of business depends on the removal of this entity. Thank you. That was Neil De Beer of EUIM speaking to Ms. News. I'm Christine. Thank you, Neil. Thank you and God bless and all the best for this very important year. Christ.